0: Episode 46, Why Aren't Things Beautiful Anymore? That might seem like an overgeneralization, and it is, but you need to keep the title short. What I mean is, why are things such as works of art, architecture of most buildings, including churches but also office buildings and the like, public buildings, civic buildings, why are they in general, on the whole, less beautiful than such buildings in the past? You might say, well, beauty is subjective, but I would say that's that's not true. It's an undeniable fact that when people go to Western Europe, they marvel at how beautiful the older buildings are. That's just a fact. And the contrast seen between the older buildings and the newer buildings is very stark and very obvious. People don't take pictures in front of new apartment buildings in Rome. They take pictures in front of and inside the beautiful churches. But even setting that aside, buildings nowadays are less beautiful also because beauty is not part of the intention anymore when we construct things, when we build things. Architects and builders, even of churches, don't aim for beauty as much anymore. So taking that into account, of course our buildings are uglier today than they have been in the past. But the question is, why is this so? What reason or reasons are there that, on the whole, buildings now are less durable, less beautiful, and even can be positively oppressive when we look at them. In order to start answering this question, uh, it's interesting that today is significant, October 31st, in the year 803, Empress Irene of the Byzantine Empire ended her reign, she was deposed. And she's significant because she called the Second Council of Nicaea, which is the seventh ecumenical council, in the year 787. And this council was convened to address the error of iconoclasm, which in Greek literally means destroying icons. So there was an iconoclast movement influenced both by uh, certain interpretations of the Old Testament, but also the rising influence of Islam at that time, the very strong belief that the divine cannot be and should not be represented in any physical form. The teaching of the church, however, expressed at that council should be pretty obvious, namely that the divine himself actually became visible to us in the incarnation, that God actually took on a visible form. So of course there's nothing wrong with representing the divinity in physical form it's not idolatry because in the in the words of the council when we venerate or pray before certain icons or images we're not understanding by that act that we are worshiping or venerating the images themselves for themselves but our veneration passes beyond the image to the model of the image that is to the real person whom we're honoring so of course the divine can be represented in physical form because God himself deigned to show himself to us, to our eyes. So the reality of the incarnation was responsible for the beauty of the churches, the wider theological and philosophical point that since we are body and soul, we use our senses to raise our minds to things that are heavenly, to things that are spiritual. We are not mere minds, we are not mere souls, we are not pure spirit, we are spirit in flesh. So that we use our senses to aid our ascent to things divine this is something again that flows from the incarnation but also christ instituting the sacraments with visible signs christ instituting a visible church with a visible structure everything that christ did of course he did in a way that is proper to or proportionate to our nature as body and soul creatures Therefore, churches and artwork were made to reflect this fact. They were made in such a way that we might see the beauty of them and raise our minds to God in worship. So once we deny any of the theological realities of Christ's incarnation, or even if we downplay it, or we reject the sacraments, or we reject the visible church, of course all of these denials are going to lead to less beautiful surroundings. This kind of helps to explain why there are many churches which reject the visible church or reject the sacraments or reject the veneration of Christ's humanity represented in art, why those churches are not beautiful and sometimes even very ugly. Even if in principle they don't deny the incarnation, it's downplayed to the extent that it doesn't really have an effect on worship. There's a denial of what the Second Council of Nicaea affirmed, namely that because of the incarnation, We not only can, but ought to venerate representations of God because they lead us by their beauty to the reality itself. And I'm not only speaking about non-Catholic, you know, other Christian denominations, I'm speaking even within the Catholic Church itself, you can tell a lot about a particular parish by the way it looks. Now, this isn't a perfect uh, measure, but generally speaking, if a church has stronger roots in the tradition of the church, then it's usually going to be more beautiful, if not in its architecture, than at least in the adornments inside, and in particular in the sanctuary because it recognizes that we we worship better when our minds are raised by beauty. Whereas if you have a parish which is of what we'd say a more liberal bent, then it's probably going to be very plain, uh, banal, lacking much decoration because there is an implicit affirmation on the part of those who lead that particular parish, that for some reason, images are, are crude and that we should be more spiritual. And of course, the error they make is forgetting that we are not just pure spirits, but we are bodies also, which use our senses. And as I said, it's kind of a downplaying or denial of the incarnation, which is a really big problem. So these are not two equal situations. I obviously think that it is more faithful to the teachings of Christ and his church to have a church which is beautiful, and beautiful in the traditional sense. So this kind of explains why churches nowadays are less beautiful. There are many more influences today which lead us to reject what the church has traditionally taught. You have modern culture in general is not one that is characterized by beauty. In fact, there is an intentional rejection of all that is considered traditionally beautiful. That's what most modern art is. It's an intentional rejection of classical norms of beauty. So you have that, of course, seeping into the Catholic consciousness. You also have the influence of Protestantism, which on the whole would reject the use of images, reject the use of, or reject the necessity of the traditional Catholic idea of liturgical beauty and liturgical worship involving many signs and symbols. So perhaps everything we've said so far explains why churches are less beautiful, but why is it that things in general, buildings in general, are less beautiful? Homes are less beautiful. Public buildings are less beautiful. I think it comes from actually two opposite errors, two opposite philosophical errors. The first one we've talked about before is materialism. The belief that everything that exists is material, which of course implies that human beings do not have souls. We are just matter, are the product of chaos. So when that's the case of course you're not going to worry about beauty beauty is some transcendent thing and if we reject all things that are transcendent or that transcend matter of course we're not going to pay attention to how our buildings look we're just going to make them practical so when you hold materialism you also hold pragmatism basically that it's always function over form like what's the point of wasting time or wasting energy or wasting material in making something beautiful or ornamenting it in any way when we are just meat bags walking around trying to accomplish certain things that help us survive or help us get more food or get more goods. So that's one problem. It's interesting, however, that the opposite problem also leads to the same result, namely what I kind of touched on just a little bit ago, the belief that we are just spirits or just paying attention to us as spirits, that thinking our body is some kind of unfortunate part of us. This is kind of the influence of agnosticism that we talked about in a previous episode, the idea that our body is kind of bad and that material stuff is kind of bad and really we are just souls or minds yearning to escape this this world of matter. So if that's your belief, then why, again, would you try and ornament material things? if matter is seen as some kind of unfortunate or fallen reality, then we just pay attention to our souls and our minds thinking that that's the main part of us, we don't need to worry about the the base fleshy part. And that's again why you have buildings that are just made practical and therefore are usually pretty ugly. So as an example of the first problem, materialism, which by the way also obviously entails atheism, you have Soviet architecture. Right, You go you look at communist countries Almost always, their architecture is ugly, it's low, it's dark. There's no soaring, vaulted ceilings like you'd find in a a gothic cathedral. There's nothing that leads your eye upward, because why would you look upward? Everything is here down on Earth, therefore buildings are low. Even in situations where you have tall buildings, the reason is not make them tall so that our eyes are led upwards, it's make them tall so that we can cram more people in here. So that's the architecture you get with atheism and materialism the kind of architecture the kind of buildings that you get with the other gnostic error that we are just souls and that matter is bad is like your whitewashed church a church which also has low ceilings it's made just for function it's basically just blank and white inside that also is a pretty ugly building It's indistinguishable from like a gymnasium or any other, or like a cafeteria. So both of these problems, when you misunderstand man, when you have a bad anthropology, when you don't understand man as body and soul, it's going to play out in your surroundings. So with all this in mind, it's helpful to analyze our own surroundings and see what the prevailing philosophy about man and God and the world is. If you go to a big city, the only times you're going to see a beautiful building in the traditional sense, a building that really isn't... It's not just that it's, oh that's a unique looking, it's interesting, but that it's actually beautiful. The only time you're going to find such buildings is in the older buildings, when the practical hadn't yet become the overarching principle that we live by, and that there was still some public Christianity, or that the nobility of human beings was still understood and taken for granted. Because keep in mind, even in ancient Greece, you know, in pre-Christian times, you still had beautiful architecture. And that's because they had a good anthropology. They understood that there was nobility in man, that we were body and soul, or that we transcended matter in some way. So if you don't believe man is noble, or has inherent dignity, and you don't believe God exists, and you don't believe that anything other than matter exists, you're going to get cities that look like the cities we have now. So yeah, philosophy and theology are important. They're not just obscure intellectual pursuits. They have real-world consequences. So if we want beautiful cities, if we want beautiful surroundings again, we need to go back to a traditional understanding of what human beings are, what the world is, what the world is for, what our purpose is, and who God is. Until we do that, you're going to still have these ugly and oppressive cities It's not surprising that there's a correlation between living in such cities and having depression. Just like architecture can lead us up and make our hearts and our souls soar up to heaven, likewise an ugly building can really weigh on us, can make us feel dark, can make us feel heavy, can make us feel trapped, and that's certainly something that we don't want. So a good anthropology, a good Christology that is a proper understanding of Christ, an orthodox understanding of Christ, All of those lead to beautiful cities, beautiful surroundings. And I don't think you're going to find anyone argue with that if they're honest with themselves. Because, again, anyone going to places where you still have beautiful cities in Western Europe, in the older parts of the Old World, no one flocks to the big cube apartment buildings. They all flock to the gothic, beautiful churches ugliness ugly architecture is unnatural it's actually contrary to nature because it denies a part of what a human being is it either denies our bodies or denies our souls in order to have surroundings that are fitting to what we are as body and soul we need to relearn a proper philosophy and theology proper anthropology we need to know who we are made in the image of god and who christ is god incarnate Thank you for listening to Catholic Daily Brief. Please become a member at patreon.com slash catholicdailybrief. And also please give a five-star review where you listen to this podcast.